Eat, drink, smoke. Great to be with you. Tony Katz here. We eat the fine food. We drink the fine bourbon. We smoke the fine cigars. Usually recording at Blend Bar Cigar, and we are recording at Blend Bar Cigar. But I wanted to take a moment with you because there's a couple of things happening on the front of freedom of speech and podcasts and content creators that requires our attention. And I, I, I took to the home studio uh, for this, because I wanted to share with you where Eat, Drink, Smoke is in this conversation, how we think things are going to move forward, how we would like things to move forward, why we think that way, and how we're going to not be changing a single thing we do, regardless of what YouTube or iTunes and whatever the, the next iteration they decide to call it, just podcast, whatever the case may be, how Facebook, how Twitter, how Instagram, how any of them decide to act. What we've decided is we're not changing a thing because there's nothing to change. Free speech above all things. And for content creators and content consumers, because there's really no difference, we're all content consumers. It doesn't matter if you make a podcast or not, make a video series or not, if you blog or whatever the case may be, none of that matters, right? You, we all consume content. That I do two radio shows a day and I do this podcast, we have other things coming, doesn't change the fact that I'm consuming content all the time from all sorts of people. It might not always be a podcast. It might just be a snippet here or, or a little bit there or something I, I, that, that comes down the line. Someone sends it to me. My mother sends me something. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a look at it. We're all consuming every single day. The question is whether or not we are going to be allowed to consume on some of these other platforms. And with that, I, I tell you right now, we can't change because to change is not to find a better way. It's to find a way to limit what it is that we do. And I don't just say that for me. I would say that for Pod Save America, right? That's a very left-leaning podcast. Now, uh, you know that I, I lean to the political right, but hopefully we're doing the job in this podcast of kind of sharing ideas and concepts. We're laughing, we're, we're talking bourbon and, and cigars, we're, we're, we're doing all these things, but I never shy away from, from who I am as a person and why I believe the things that I believe and I try my best to direct the podcast. To engage the conversation as to, hey, do you think this works for you, as opposed to some yelling, screaming political screed, right? There, that's not what I, I want for this, and, and hopefully we've been successful in not doing that, right? I, I, I don't want to be that person. But the, the idea that somehow certain speech is unacceptable online, well, if you're talking about screaming, uh, I want to do harm to a person, you'll get me to agree, a hundred percent and without question, there is absolutely no room for that. Nobody is saying that it's acceptable to call for violence and, and demand it. No, absolutely not. And it is to this idea that I think we can engage a, a, a baseline, an idea, a concept that, you know what, if you're saying that someone should get harmed or hurt or a group of people should get harmed or hurt, there's no room for that whatsoever. That isn't what's happening. What's happening is that people are making claim about being hurt because words are used, not calls to action, but words that they consider to be unkind. And what does it matter if you consider it unkind? That's not a reason not to allow the speech to occur. You know, we use this quote a, a lot in, uh, I've used it in the podcast, I've used it on, on radio. Uh, it is uh, journalism is printing what the other guy doesn't want printed. That's journalism. Everything else 
is just PR. And that's the truth. Uh, George Orwell. That's where the quote uh, comes from. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's where the quote comes from. Yes, it is. I got it right. I got it right. <laughs> Good on me. Well, journalists need to be able to print stories even if somebody else is hurt by the story. Now, for the journalists, we, we, we pretend the First Amendment exists, but for other content creators, it doesn't? You mean you have to be employed by a New York Times, a, 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 a Austin Statesman, um, Atlanta Journal-Constitution, I think, yeah, AJC, that's it. Um, you, you have to be employed by, by them in order to, to have protection? That's not how any of this works. So when Steven Crowder, uh, on his uh, channel Louder with Crowder, and he's talking about a writer by the name of Carlos Maza, who identifies himself openly and uh, repeatedly as Hispanic and gay. And Steven Crowder makes note of this when talking about the things that he writes over at Vox and, and yes, mocking it. It's not bigotry. It's not. It is, it is a response to something being written. Now, you can make the argument that it's crude. Feel free. You can make the argument that I'm crude. Feel free. That's not enough to say you don't get to appear on the platform. Now, YouTube didn't do that with Steven Crowder. What they did is they demonetized him in, in the idea of play, placing uh, pre-roll ads or, and, and other things. But in doing so, they made a, a series of claims, including the idea that Steven Crowder somehow, what was he talking about or supporting? There, there's a word they used, white supremacy. Steven Crowder is not a white supremacist. It's madness. That he may have talked about white supremacy on his series. Well, that's, that's fine. That's absolutely fine and good. And there are other people now because of this move from YouTube who have been demonetized, and this is what they do. They talk about the issues and the problems with white supremacy, and they do, for, for lack of a better word, a scholarly work. And they're being prevented now, prevented proactively from being able to, to make a living off of the research and the work that they do, because not because of Steven Crowder in any way, but because YouTube got a complaint from one guy, Carlos Maza, and YouTube said to themselves, well, we better shut these things down. As opposed to saying in America, for the, at least the United States, I can't control what YouTube does in Europe. I can't control what Google does with China, which, by the way, if you make search engines for China that engage censorship, please tell me that it, you're, you're kidding when you say that your, uh, your, your mission statement is do no evil, right? Don't, don't be evil. You're creating search engines that proactively prevent people from reaching content. You don't get to tell me that that's not a good, good bit of evil. Google's got to look in the mirror there. Lots and lots of mirrors. The correct answer from YouTube is to be, this content is about a discussion, and we don't uh, censor those things. This content is calling for someone to be harmed. We do indeed censor those things. And the vast majority, if not the totality of people, will say, okay. Speech must be protected. Dennis Prager is a radio host out of California. And Dennis Prager is unique. 
He is. He's, uh, sorry, I had to take a drink there. I won't tell you what I'm drinking just yet. Wait for that in the rest of the podcast. He's a unique radio host. Um, Jewish man, religious man, uh, talks, uh, one of the, he was the first person I ever heard discuss the idea that I'm not looking for agreement. I'm looking for clarity, clarity. That's, that's an interesting way to look at things. And one that I, I really do enjoy. We're not looking here to agree people. We're looking to make sure that you understand my point of view. And I understand yours. I understand what it is you're saying. Not that I agree with it. I understand what it is you're saying. Or to maybe a a larger point, we understand the subject in front of us, right? We understand that this is the subject we're talking about. Some people want to play around the edges to the right or play around the edges to the left or or this is the subject. Or do we all agree to the the very basics of the subject? Clarity. It's, It's really smart. Well, he did a video recently. He does these fireside chats. Uh, uh, from, from his home, really nice fireplace too. And they're on Facebook. And in one of them, he said, this is the first episode I've done without a cigar. Well, I will tell you that until that moment, I didn't know he had done fireside chats. I know he does the radio show. I know he has Prager university, those videos, Prager you, but I, 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 I didn't, I didn't know he did these fireside chats. And, and the minute I caught that, I stopped everything else I was doing. Did he just say cigar? I'm fully focused. And he is a a cigar guy. I'm fully focused on the man. And what he proceeds to say is as follows, and I'm paraphrasing. We don't use the cigar anymore because Facebook will not allow us to boost or or, or, uh, promote the post, this video, if it shows a cigar. I hit pause. I put down the laptop. I went for a walk around my house. Now it's come home. If it hadn't in any way, shape, or form come home before, man, did it come home right to us. Bam, punch in the face. Cigars? We do a live, we, we record live the, the podcast, right? We don't, we don't do it in, in bits and pieces over a week and then release it. We do it in, in, in one shot, and we do it from Blend Bar Cigar right here in Indianapolis, Indiana. Their job, their job is cigars and bourbon, and that's what we do. Now, I will tell you that we post, we, we live stream to Facebook. We've never had a problem, never had a problem live streaming to Facebook. Well, maybe we will now <laughs> because I'm doing this podcast this way. Um, but I've never paid to promote the post. I will tell you, I used to pay to promote posts, things that I was doing for, for the radio show. And then watching Mark Zuckerberg, I'm like, I'm not giving this dude any more of my money. And, and, and maybe I'm hurting myself that way. And maybe I could grow a lot faster. Screw it. Screw it. I'm okay with growing slower. I'm really and truly fine with it. We'll, we'll grow organic. We'll build bit by bit. And maybe there's another place and another way I can do marketing. And, and uh, it, it'll, be, it'll be better for, for everyone involved. But I don't want to have to give them any more of my money. But I accept the fact that other people do because you want people to be able to see the content. You're a content creator. You know, you, you, you're an artist. You want people to see the art. You, you know, you want to be able to, to put your, your voice out there into the world. And there's Facebook saying, oh, Oh, cigar smoking, cigar smoking. Well, we can't, we can't promote such a thing. Yeah. In, in many ways it came home because cigar smoking is also, as I see it, 
this idea of free speech. A cigar is a legal product in the United States of America. For what purpose would you say you're not allowed to smoke a cigar? No one said that you're lighting up. I mean, I mean, you're shooting up, right? I'm not talking about uh, a heroin here. And one of the things Prager mentions is I should have told him it was a, a marijuana a cigarette. I should have told him it was a joint. I'd be okay. Which is really true. And it goes to show the level of insanity that we're talking about here. Look at what they deem unacceptable. Look at what they deem acceptable. Why are they in the business of deeming at all? That's the question. Now, we have seen this on the college campuses, and you see this. It, mostly it's about people on the political right and Coulter and, and Jordan Peterson, who I, by the way, don't even know if Jordan Peterson is on the political right. But what he talks about is the need and importance of free speech. And the thing that I became to notice him about was the idea of compelled speech, right? This idea that if someone is transgender and they want to be called certain pronouns, they can want that all they wish. But you can't compel people to speak in a certain way. There's no time in the history, as he talks about it, in the history of English common law where you can compel speech, compelling speech is insane. I am opposed to it. And that's why when I tell you we're not changing anything, we're not changing anything because it goes to this, to this kind of principle. I will not be told what I have to call somebody. Nope. No, thank you. Uh, I'm not telling you how to live and I'm telling you, nobody else should tell you how to live, but you cannot, uh, tell me what I have to say to you because you've made choices. The choices you've made are yours. They belong to you and, and have at them. But don't you dare come to me. Don't you dare come to me and tell me because of choices you've made, I have to now make changes. No, absolutely not. If that's the case, there's no such thing as free speech. And if I am not free to say no, well, then what, what is the value? I have often said uh, numerous times, it, you cannot be free if you cannot say no. In order to, to truly, truly be free, you have to be able to say no. If you can't say no, there's no such thing as freedom. So Coulter, she gets uh, pushed to the side at, at universities. Then you've got Jordan Peterson pushed to the side at universities. You've got uh, Ben Shapiro pushed to the side at, at universities. The same concept applies here. As to whether or not the university system actually believes in a well-rounded education for their students. It was Harvard where there was a, a dean of the law school who was set to defend, um, uh, oh, what's his name, uh, from, from, from Miramax, Harvey, Harvey Weinstein. Thank you, Harvey Weinstein. And the students got so up in arms that here was a dean from the law school at Harvard who's going to defend Harvey Weinstein, that they pushed and demanded that he be removed from the faculty. These are the future great lawyers of America. Harvard Law, what could be more prestigious? They don't believe that everybody deserves a defense. They don't believe it. In their actions and in their words, they said, no, not everybody deserves a defense because they also believe, and not just to uh, Harvard Law School, but the totality of too many in the university system. They don't believe that everybody is entitled to free speech. This is the problem. And our answer here 
at least for eat, drink, smoke, is to change nothing. I was on Friday night watching C-SPAN because, as you know, I have a swing in social life. And on C-SPAN, they were talking about uh, – it was the House Intelligence Committee. It was chaired by uh, Democrat Adam Schiff uh, out of California. Devin Nunez, the Republican, is the ranking member. They're talking about deep fakes. Now, deep fakes should frighten you. It's the idea that you can create fake videos with such level of authenticity that you can take a celebrity or politico or somebody you want to target and you can – Really pretend that you are them and saying things, uh, pretend and making them say things, right? So uh, you can create these videos, and if you could say it was uh, a video of Donald Trump, and you could say make claim he said something, uh, you know, about this group or that group or the other group, and it would look truly authentic and in his voice and everything else. Deep fakes are very, very real. Well, one of the people they were talking to, I mean, they had a guy from DARPA and they had a, a former uh, FBI uh, official. One of the people they're talking about is uh, talking to uh, and, and, and asking questions of on uh, during this, this Q&A is uh, Danielle Citrone. Now, Danielle Citrone is a professor and does a lot with cybersecurity, has a lot of accolades uh, to, to her, her credit. I think she's at University of Maryland now. And one of the things that she does is advises Facebook and Twitter on the idea of cybersecurity and, and on some ideas of, of what it means, right, to, to police these kinds of things. She focuses on free expression uh, and, and, and the like. Well, she was testifying uh, that you need a combination of law, markets, and societal resistance to combat deep fakes. And, quote, the phenomenon is going to be increasingly felt by women and minorities. Okay. I have no idea why women and minorities would somehow feel deep fakes more or less than anybody else. As a matter of fact, I would say to the professor, I don't think that that's true at all. I think uh, that the very concept of, of, of deep fakes is going to affect people uh, across the board in a multiplicity of, of, of ways. But I was listening and one of the things she got into, and it's very possible I, I took everything she said in the wrong way. I just don't think that's true. One of the th- I mean, this is a woman who has uh, consulted with uh, for a couple of years Kamala Harris, a senator from California, Democrat running for president of the United States, and certainly sides with people on the political left. And she was discussing the fact that it, even more than just uh, deep fakes – what is it that the platforms have to do to ensure these things don't happen? But she stopped, in my view, talking about it in terms of deep fakes and got into this idea of what the platform has to do to remove certain offensive content. The platform, I said, isn't responsible for content, and that's supposed to be the point. There's a difference between a platform and a publisher. Just so we're, we're all perfectly clear, make sure we're all on the, on the same page. There's a difference between the platform and the publisher. Let me give you an example. Our podcast, Eat, Drink, Smoke, is on Fireside, fireside.fm. And, and I know nothing about their politics at all. 
I just know I like the service and I pay for the service and it's been great. Not a problem. I've had issues. I've emailed, they've emailed back. I've had great service. This isn't an ad for them per se. Uh, it's just that it, it's been a, 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 quite a few months now. I'm going on about a year. It's been a solid relationship. Everything's working. When there's something going on, they contact. It's, it's, it's been solid. But Fireside is the platform. And I publish my podcast, Eat, Drink, Smoke, on their platform. You create a video. You then publish your video onto YouTube, the platform. In that scenario, you are responsible for your content. YouTube is responsible for the showing of your content, not for the creation thereof. Now, the responsibility part, well, this is where it gets interesting. If the content is showing somebody getting hurt, well, then YouTube can have rules about, uh, you you could say, uh, hey, we don't allow those kinds of things, and we take that content down from the platform. But if YouTube wants to see itself, or if Facebook wants to see itself, Fireside wants to see itself, I'm going to leave them out of it because they're, they're, not, they're not part of the, the, the big tech problems here. We're talking about Facebook. We're talking about Amazon. We're talking about Google. We're talking about Twitter. That's what we're talking about. If they want to see themselves, uh, Facebook or, or uh, YouTube, Google, as the publisher well, then they're making claim to the idea that they indeed have the right to edit, edit, edit and, and change and remove the content that they deem unacceptable. When this question was posed in a way by Devin Nunez, Nunez, N-U-N-E-S, uh, to uh, Professor Citrone and was asked about this idea of reasonableness, she responded with, wasn't with a, a bit of... Um, Glibness. It was a, it was a bit of a, almost. A, it was it was a bit of dismissiveness, and she said on this idea of responsibility. Well, that's why we have tort law. So, um, tort as uh, as, as described, a, an act of omission that gives rise to injury or harm to another and amounts to a civil wrong for which courts impose liability. So if you want to argue that, well, we have tort law and you can sue, well, that's great. That's, that's wonderful and terrific. I already had the right to sue, but it still doesn't change the fact that you're proactively stating that the platform should become publishers, that they should apply their standard of acceptability to content. And if they think that it's wrong that Carlos Maza f- feels bad because Steven Crowder put up a video, well, then that's a good enough reason to not allow Steven Crowder to financially benefit from his creation. That's your punishment for Carlos Maza feeling bad. This isn't about agreement. This isn't about whether or not you agree with his content or, or, or somebody else's content or my content. This is about whether or not the content is allowed to exist in the public sphere. Now we're at the meat of the thing. Because if the platform is now the publisher, where does that leave us? If the platform is the publisher and the publisher is allowed to uh, legally decide, I was going to use the term legally discriminate, but I don't know how I feel about the term legally discriminate. 
because it's still it's still theirs and there's still a conversation about hey man it's 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 their platform they can do with it what they will and and I let's let's go with that just for now for the for the sake of this conversation they're going to do what they want to do and they're going to say oh you lean to the political right oh you 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 once were supportive of Trump oh you don't agree with uh this new uh far out idea or that one well then I'm sorry you can't be here you quote statistics that talk about women in the workplace. Remember the guy from Google who got uh, fired because he was quoting statistics about women, the workplace, uh, the, the, the STEMs uh, kind, of, kind of courses and was, was talking about, well, maybe this is why you don't see more women in, in computers or this, that, and the other. And he was utilizing statistics. Damore, James Damore, was that his name? James Damore. And, and he got fired for it. People at Google were so upset they felt they couldn't come into work the next day. He got fired for putting out an opinion and stats. Where does that leave the rest of us? Where does that put us, the content creator and the content consumer, which is all of us? This thing didn't just happen to Steven Crowder. It didn't just happen to Dennis Prager. It didn't just happen to Jordan Peterson. It happened to all of us. Which brings us to that crux of free speech. Free speech does not exist for the people you love. Free speech does not exist for the speech that you love. It exists for the people that you hate and for the speech that you despise. We didn't say, I am not saying you can go out there and scream fire in a crowded theater, nor am I saying you can go out there and scream, let's go do harm to person X, Y, or Z. None of those things are acceptable. We know this, and that is a good standard to have. But if I want to talk about how lower taxation is valuable and I get to smoke a cigar because I'm a grown adult. If I want to complain that a certain, um, which, which movie did I see, uh, uh recently, which, um, uh, black Panther. What if I want to say black Panther wasn't as good as Ant-Man? <laughs> Can I say that? You might think I'm out of my mind, but of course I can say it. What they're saying what these platforms turning publishers are now saying, and their people advocating for this position are saying, no, you can't. No, you can't say that. No, you can't uh, engage a statistic or a study that other people might find offensive. No, you can't have an idea that doesn't fit with what we think is socially acceptable. You can't even put ideas into the public sphere. Where does that leave the rest of us? Carlos Maza is wrong. Facebook, YouTube, Sundar Pichai, the CEO, is wrong. Sundar Pichai did an interview over at Axios, and I think it's appearing on HBO. They've got this show that's on HBO, where he basically says, we're working on being better at being able to identify problematic content. I'm paraphrasing there. Well, then you're just going down and proving the point that you are the publisher. And we, the content creators, are out of luck. We will get picked off depending on the impulses of the mob. Because that's what it really is. 
those who cannot abide by free speech engage mob mentality to bring pressure to to bear to end the opportunity of that speech to exist. And they do it on the university campus and they do it in in violent ways and now they're doing it in the violent ways online. Free speech is not for you and me. It is for the people that we despise because as Americans, and I'm only speaking of Americans here, they have the right. How could I possibly speak for France? That I think they have the right? That I actually, I don't think it. I know they have the right? That of course they should be allowed to speak freely? Yes. But it seems in Europe, they're really okay with limitations on free speech. They keep moving in that way. They keep creating that kind of legislation. Policing themselves. All of a sudden, it becomes 1984. Again, Orwell, where they bragged about how every year the dictionary gets smaller. No society in the history of mankind ever once ever became more prosperous by having less rights. Never, ever ever happened in the history of mankind. I will take that debate to anyone anywhere. I think you should too. We're not going to be better off because other people limit our ability to have a conversation. Let me go back to Jordan Peterson. It's something that I've known to be true. I didn't need any help with this, but, but he said it out loud first. I'll give him the credit. You don't know if an idea is good or bad unless you say it out loud and put it into the public square. It's, it's one of those like, kind of like axioms of, of, of business. Come on, spitball it. Just throw out an idea. Let's, let's see what's going on here. And you got to get the juices flowing. You got to throw out the ideas. And some of them are terrible. Some of them are terrible. But you got to put them out there. How else will you know if the idea has any value whatsoever? How else could you possibly, possibly know? So I... I I end where I start. What does this mean for Eat, Drink, Smoke? A podcast that talks politics and culture and certainly is no holds barred. And we don't curse, except for April. Uh, And and we, we share ideas. Where does this leave Eat, Drink, Smoke, which reviews bourbon and cigars and discuss the artistry, discusses the artistry of both? And the answer is we're not changing a damn thing. We're not changing anything, guys. We're not going to change the subject matter. We're not going to question the subject matter because what happens if it gets thrown off of this platform or that platform? We're not going to worry about whether one person or one group out there decides to somehow take offense and, 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 and target the podcast. We're not doing any of it. We can't. And, and let me be more specific here. Uh, I can't. I am a man who makes a living because I get to speak freely. I get to share ideas and thoughts and jokes. And sometimes, man, I hit it out of the park. And sometimes, man, I strike the hell out because that's how it goes. And I wouldn't have it any other way. And I'm not, and, and the only answer that you, one can come to, one can honestly come to, is that when the pressure is on, who are you going to be? 
Who are you going to be when the pressure is on? Oh, you can have this career, but here are the things you can't say. There are already seven dirty words I'm not allowed to say according to the FCC, and that drives me nuts. It's not that I actually want to use them on radio. It's that I, I am bothered that I can't engage conversations or make the quote. Like when someone says something ridiculous, I'm not even allowed to quote them properly because of what it might do to my stations. I've got a a local morning show in Indianapolis, and I've got a syndicated midday show that we're starting to grow out there. I can't put my stations at jeopardy that way. Drives me crazy. But I I adhere to it out of respect. I adhere to it out of respect for the stations. And we're talking about some words that society says are curse words. And certainly some words, they're like, you know what? I wouldn't want to use words like that anyway. I can be descriptive. I can find another way. But sometimes there's somebody says something and I want to give the full quote or I want to be able to paint the full picture. I'm not allowed. I'm bothered by that. Truly bothered by that. This, this is worse. Because now they're saying no, not only to words, but to whole ideas and whole theories and whole beliefs and whole attitudes and, and what ifs. And it, it, this was about limiting, if not eliminating conversation. I can't be any part of that. That means that I'll never be able to post on YouTube. Okay. That means that Facebook won't allow us to carry it anymore and they'll drop the Eat, Drink, Smoke Facebook page. Okay. The podcast is going to keep going. We're going to keep doing. And my advice, if I'm allowed to give advice to every content creator out there and every content consumer out there is keep creating and keep demanding. Keep consuming it, the good stuff. Share those people, support those people. Sometimes the support is economic. I'm not going to lie. You go to, you go to uh, Eat, Drink, Smoke on, on Fireside, eatdrinksmoke.fireside.fm. There's a place where you can click, and it'll take you to a donation page. You can donate to the podcast. We greatly appreciate it. It helps us keep this thing moving and grooving. And there are some people, man, that, that's how they make their living because they're creating something that people want, and they want to engage it. That's the most amazing part. We're not talking about anybody silencing somebody on the fringe, which still would not be acceptable. We're talking about trying to silence people who have hundreds of thousands, if not more, subscribers. You know how many subscribers Steven Crowder has on YouTube? 3.8 million. He has more subscribers on YouTube than MSNBC gets in a night. Let me tell you, I've been known to find some MSNBC content pretty damn offensive. And they're allowed to be there. Louis Farrakhan is a bigot and a homophobe and an anti-Semite. And he's an American. He's allowed to talk. But it won't stop me from noticing that he's a bigot and an anti-Semite. I'm going to say that very, very clearly. So I wanted to let you know that we're watching what's going on. And we know we're not as big as some of the, 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 the bigger podcasts out there. We know we'll get there. But we needed to make sure that we set our, our sail proper. We've got our eyes looking at the right fight. and We're willing to be a part of that fight. And we're not going to get uh, pushed off of it because someone says, oh, I'm, an, I'm offended. All right, you're offended. My advice to you is to wash your face and, and move on with your day. There's actually a book a woman wrote called Girl, Wash Your Face. I don't know her name. We should interview her. Which It's the idea of, okay, things didn't go your way. Wash your face, get back to work. You know, you have a drink, you move on. That's the way it goes. Some people are going to be offended. 
we're going to be offended. We're going to keep going. We are not going to change what we do here. We're not going to change the podcast at all. I don't know how long this thing's going to go. We've been doing this for about a year. Maybe we've got another year in us. Maybe we've got another 10. Maybe it morphs into something else. I don't know what's going to happen. I do know this, that in order for all of us to be able to engage free speech, you actually have to engage. You have to push forward. And you have to say to these people, these bullies, no, free speech is too important. Free speech matters too much. It's too valuable. And it has to exist for me and it has to exist for the person that I hate. And the only way to make that happen is to stand up for it for all of us and to not allow uh, the, the bullies to win, not allow these people who think that they're moral and righteous to be in charge, to say to the, to the platforms, stand up for the thing that matters most. Don't allow yourself to be bullied into some level of submission because you agree with them today. What happens when you disagree with them tomorrow? We have to stand up for free speech in what we say and what we consume, and we have to support the people who support free speech in every way by listening and monetarily every single way possible. And at Eat, Drink, Smoke, we're going to keep talking free speech, and we're not changing a thing. I'm Tony Katz, and this is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Eat, Drink, Smoke. Tony Katz, April D. Gregory, no fingers Malloy. He is, he's the only one of us doing Father's Day properly. It, it turns out fingers Malloy is with a family up in his beloved Michigan. So we hope he's having a great time. We decided to mourn the fact that he's not here with Angel's Envy, but we're doing the rye. This is Angel Envy rye, and it is from the rum casks. I have that right, right? That's yeah. where this is 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 done so it's rye it gives it a of course uh the spice that everybody is used to uh finished off in those uh barrels those rum barrels uh originally used to age cognac uh, they're about 18 months in those barrels and then boom bop bip it comes to us so this has been aged for six years a hundred proof so based on the things we've been doing lately month, yeah this is easy this is easy going I grab a light for the cigars. We're doing all at one time because of how we're doing the podcast this week. Um, the nose is going to be vanilla. You're definitely going to get spice because it's a, it's a rye, of course. But because of those rum casts, there's going to be some sweet in here. Caramel, vanilla, um, uh, of course, rum is is what you're going to get. Now the nose. Oh my god, that is all rum. It, well, is it butterscotch? Oh yeah. That's a good that's a good describer right there. That hit me really hard. I actually Yeah, stopped. it do, the smell Ooh, hits you really hard. Not it's bad. not bad. It's not bad at all. No, it's just It's very definitive. Oh, that is um, a sugar cookie. Oh. I think that's the way I would go. I'm still on the butterscotch. Sugar cookie, it's yeah, you're close. Don't get me wrong. Now, we do it the You're close. Don't get me wrong. Honestly, <laughs> uh, we we do it neat and then we decide whether or not we're going to add the cube. I'm already telling you this is going to be too warm for, uh, for for my love. I know it's going to be too warm. What, are you cleansing the palate with some water there, April? All right, you ready? Okay. This is... <clears throat> Here, happy Father's Day. Oh, look at that. Thank you. We actually, we clinked. The glasses did, did clink right there. I'm going to let April go first. She's doing the Kentucky Chew right there. Okay. Okay. All right. My lips are burning a little bit. That's right. it. 
My mouth is not burning. My throat is not burning. Oh, vanilla is very real. Mm-hmm. Oh my. Yeah, this is this is not this is not rye as you think of rye. This is not bourbon as you think of no. bourbon. And we did the dovetail from Barrel last week, which I really liked because it was these two different kind of whiskeys. One was done in Cabernet, in, in this Cabernet kind of, of barrel. Uh, so I thought that had a, this wonderful kind of texture to it of the rich fruits. This is not fruit. There's no citrus that no. I get Mm-mm. from this. Butterscotch, sure. Vanilla, uh, sure. Caramel. Those kinds of, of flavors, but not in any level of overpowering, in a level of nice. Great after-dinner drink. This is a great late-night drink. This is terrific. It is. I, I do agree. It needs to be colder, though. It doesn't necessarily need to be watered down, but it does need to be colder. So you going to do a chip, or are you going to do the, the, the full cube? I'm, I'm not right, sure. I guess I did two chips. I Maybe I'll try those. a chip. All right, I'm, I'm on that. I'm on that. We're going to get to the cigar in a second as we record here at Blend Bar Cigar, Indianapolis, Indiana. Yeah, that whole free speech conversation is just on my mind. I can't, I can't get over it, especially with what I saw from the, the CEO of Google, Sundar Pichai, basically saying, yeah, we, we see ourselves as a, as a publisher, not a platform for YouTube. And if YouTube is a, is a publisher and not a platform, meaning they get to edit content, I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. You're screwed. Right. It's a, you're absolutely screwed. And then you've got, you know, other people saying that, that Facebook should be doing the same thing. And it's just, it's just ugly. And, and all, like I said, we're not changing a thing. And to prove that, O.J. Simpson. Oh. That, exactly. <laughs> it's, the, it's official. This, now, if you want to ban something off Twitter, this might work. O.J. Simpson now has a Twitter account. The real OJ32 uh, is what it is because the real killer was taken. And <laughs> I'll screw you. That's a good joke. Hey, Twitter world, writes OJ Simpson. Now, I, do I have to explain to anybody of another generation who OJ Simpson is? I and, really hope and not. And if you have to, you should just not because that's just wrong. I'm just saying it's possible that some people don't know the story of OJ. They may not have watched the car chase. The in, you're talking those about people aren't even worth talking to. Hall of who, Fame is that pe- back. who are those people? Heisman Trophy winner. Buffalo Bills, uh, legend beyond legend, and uh, 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 allegedly killed his wife, Nicole Brown Simpson, and a guy who I think she was sleeping with, Ron Goldman. Right. Right? Uh, and uh, and then the massive car chase through the streets of Los Angeles. Interrupted while, football on Sunday. Interrupted everything. Well, yeah. uh, while he's in, uh, wasn't it basketball he was interrupting? I don't think it was football. I thought it was basketball. Mm. It was, and, and yeah, because it, it may was, have been the NBA. Fight. And yeah. he's in this white Bronco. The famous white Bronco is what he's driving in. And then, of course, uh, amazingly found not guilty. And all of a sudden, the nation is divided on these on these uh, lines. These. Uh, Racial lines they're mm-hmm. divided on. Uh, and and one of the best things we got out of this was Robert Kardashian's kids. Oh, that's right. Robert Kardashian was the original lawyer, mm-hmm. and then he was replaced by lawyers who knew what they were doing. I mean, F. Lee Bailey, Johnny Cochran, and Johnny Cochran, and, uh, and Shapiro. Uh, and, uh, yeah, Kardashian's kids are the Kardashian kids. That's, <laughs> that's who they are. Just the, funny how these things come together. I swear. It definitely is true. Uh, so that's O.J. Simpson. Not guilty. And then he ends up going to jail for beating a guy up for trying to steal some memorabilia. And he wa- I think he wanted to go to jail personally. And now he's... He, he had a guilty conscience, you're saying? <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, I believe that's true, right? I absolutely positively believe that he wanted to be found guilty. 
he wanted to do jail time. And then this comes out. This, the weirdest tweet ever. Hey, Twitter world, says OJ. This is yours truly. Already creepiest dude out Mm -hmm. there. Now coming soon to Twitter. You'll get to read all my thoughts and opinions on just about everything. April, I ask you a question. Yeah. When's the last time you said, hey, I wonder what O.J. Simpson thinks about the Mueller investigation? Uh, last night, now that you asked. You know, Taylor um, Swift has a new single out. What does O.J. think? Yeah. Um, you know what? I feel like this is going to be like an airing of the grievances type thing. What he, it makes it sound like he's going to unleash on people, but who are these people? Here's what it continues with. Now, there's a lot of fake O.J. accounts out there. I didn't know that. I had no clue there was a fake OJ account. So this one, real OJ32 is the only official one. So this should be a lot of fun. I've got a, I've got a little getting even to do. So God bless. Take care. Hold on. I got to light the cigar. So I wonder if this is going, you know, because he had a, the. Go ahead. Go ahead. No. You I've go got ahead. a little getting even to do. <laughs> OJ is what telling hell? I don't what, can know. Can Nicole's parents? Like, who are you trying to get even with? Sleep well, everybody. OJ's got some getting even to do. It is the I feel most, like that, that is a threat from a it, it is, alleged. Yeah. It, how horrifying is, is this guy? How horrifying is what he's saying? I've got some, I've got a little getting even to do. And then he follows it up with, so God bless. Take care. He's such a nice, nice guy. April just took the first puff Ooh, of her cigar. I might have been puffing a little too hard. You think you think it's strong? You think you think? Take a breath. No, I think I just took too big of a puff oh, when I was trying to get it lit. OJ, as of ten hours after he made this, uh, opened the account, he has ninety-seven thousand followers. Oh, of course. We are a creepy, weird society. We sometimes. are. Because first, this. When, when uh, Kevin Spacey, usual suspects, House of Cards, Kevin Spacey, and he was being accused of sexual assault from his, uh, some of his theater days mm-hmm. with, with a young man. And he did this whole video as Frank Underwood. Uh, talking about, now you know I've been out of the public eye, but let's face facts, folks. You know you want me, you need me, you love me, you can't get enough of me. He and did it's this? understandable because I'm He did this guy, for real? Like, oh, this really happened. He did a video just like that. And I think my Frank Underwood might not be that bad. No, but I listened to it. very good. You should uh, run for president. <laughs> well, I'm a little busy right now. I got some things to do, and, I, and you know, I got to wait another six years at least. Oh, because you're too young. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, you take a look at the entirety of the Democratic field. I don't, I don't know how they coalesce around one person. I don't know how they're going to agree. Never mind policy, right? We're not talking about that. I'm talking about them. I don't know how they're going to agree on one person. Right? I have no idea. I, I don't listen to any polls. I'm not listening to anything no. out there. There was a some story out there about how the White House is worried about how Biden is doing in Texas. We're a year plus out. You're worried about Biden no. in Texas? Nobody's worried about that. I can't imagine that that is true because I honestly don't know if it's going to be Biden. He keeps punching himself in the face. I mean, he has not stopped being gaff-tastic at all. Uh, so I... I mean, his cure for cancer might be bigger than Al Gore's internet. I don't know. Do you know how many people are angry with him? I don't know if you know. Joe Biden said at an event in Iowa, if I get elected president, I'm telling you people, we're going to cure cancer. And everybody applauded. I don't mind a vision. 
I don't mind going bold. JFK, we're going to put a man on the moon. That's cool by me. Have vision. Talk in bold, bold strokes. If I get elected president, we're going to cure cancer? That's sickening, That's, literally. That's, that is an it's odd. It's Right, so, because from what I'm hearing and reading, millennials are like, screw you. What kind of yeah. talk is that? Yeah. Which is kind of interesting because I think the argument there is they're used to being promised a whole bunch of stuff that hasn't happened, mm-hmm. and they're, like, the most exhausted by it, or at least the most vocal. I would say Gen X is equally exhausted by it, but they're the most vocal about it. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is, this is cancer we're talking about. Don't screw around. No. If you, if you have a way, get it done. If you think you can get it funded, start now. Yeah, start now. And whether you become president or not and you think you can get this done, you do it. Like, you don't... First of all, why does he think he can do that? But, uh, no, that's that's something you don't mess with. That pulls on too many people's... I don't want to say heartstrings. That's probably why you said it. But that's it that's a very touchy subject. That's very heavy, deep, and that affects us all in a negative way. There, I... I it's almost like a spit in the face, you know? There's this weird happening going on. And, and I, I mean, if, if, if Fingers was here, I, mean, I know he would, would concur. Uh, I don't know if this is happening with you, maybe. I assume, April, it might be happening with you because you're younger than me, but you're at the top of the millennial age group. Right. Um, the tip, tip, top. So there, there's the reality that our parents <laughs> are living longer. And while that is sensational... In the idea that they're still alive, still with us, there's absolutely no preparation that was given to the, at least the X Gen, Generation X, about what that's going to mean and what taking care of them is going to right. mean and how those interpersonal relationships are going to work. Mm-hmm. Just nothing. And when you, you get to a certain age and you realize and you talk to friends and they're all having the same issue... All their parents are sick one way or another. All their parents are having an issue. Everybody has or has had cancer. Mm-hmm. Everybody. And you realize you're at a certain age. All the people that I grew up with, all those kids I grew up with, who now have kids of their own and, and graduating high school or in high school, or, all of those guys, those girls that I grew up with, all of our parents are going to die within the next five years. Yikes. Right? Yeah. Statistically, they're all going to die. Right. This can't go on. And so the things that we have been dealing with, and it's it's not just, it's, it's cancer, it's Alzheimer's, or it's not even something like that. It's just the constant of the maladies, and then the inabilities. They're too old to lift. They're too uh-huh. old to grab the thing. They're too old to reach out. The amount of go upstairs. Ca- it's incredible, and it's just maybe, maybe someone of the boomer generation would be like, yeah, it's always been like this. I don't know if it's always been like this. And at least I'm noticing that the conversations are com- people and friends that I've never had, like I don't talk politics with, or I, we're having this conversation, mm-hmm. right? We've always had a little more lighter, fair, lighter. Con- all, everybody to a person is having this conversation and has something. Uh-huh. And it's kind of incredible. And it's why when Joe Biden says this, this is, he didn't, he isn't being visionary. He's being, he's, cancer is not. Opportunistic, a, very, opp- it's sickly opportunistic. Right. Cancer's not the thing you can do it with. No. Uh, pick something else. Tell me you're going to give us free health care and free college for all, but don't tell me you're going to cure cancer. And we should also note <laughs> that the people claiming free health care, they're not going to cure anything. No. Right? That I get They're going to set us back. They have yet to announce that health care means access. 
it's not enough to tell me I have free health care. When do I get to see the doctor? Yeah. That's the question. Next year. Yeah. For your <laughs> cancer. Well, I mean, that's the thing. If we cure cancer, then you won't need to see the doctor, like, with, an, with any urgency, right? Start working for the Biden campaign when? I did. <laughs> I pay as well. Can we go back to OJ real quick? Mm-hmm. How creepy is his Twitter account going to be? I, well, is that the thing? Like, it's going to be so creepy, that's why people want to follow? Because they're like, oh, I'm here for this shit show? The only thing he could have tweeted that would be more awkward is, I didn't mean to do it. Yeah. Like, oops, sorry. That, that would be. That would have been. <laughs> oh man, that's, I'm going to hell. And every now and then, like they were showing, like it was like the 25th anniversary of, of him being found not guilty, and you see the picture of Ron Goldman's father, just mouth open, stunned, can't believe oh, it. Yeah. It. Oh. And the crusade that he has still been on, trying to make sure that. That OJ gets no peace. Mm-hmm. That man has had no peace for twenty five yep. plus years. Can't imagine. No. Can't imagine. OJ is officially the creepiest thing on Twitter. Yes. OJ. It's. You think of some of the people have been thro- thrown off Twitter, but OJ, murderous OJ is just fine. And you know what? He's going to get so much uh, traffic on his Twitter and retweet. Like you don't even need to follow him. People are going to be retweeting him like crazy. So you're going to see all of his tweets anyway. Now here's the question. Do you want him to tweet pro-Trump or anti-Trump? <laughs> which which one? If he goes oh my pro-Trump, God. does Trump have to disavow OJ? Yes. <laughs> oh, this is great. So we're they were probably friends in the 80s, you know. Wait a second. When OJ Simpson did this, you had to realize that this was a time in his life where every president would be honored to golf with him. Right, Absolutely. Everybody would have been honored mm-hmm. to have done something to have been with him. It's, it's, he threw away his entire life. The movies, the this, the that, the other. Everybody wanted to be around the dude. Right. Everybody. Now we're doing the Angels Envy. This is the finished rye, which is finished in rum casks right here. 100 proof. Six years, 18 months finished in the rum of barrels. You put yours on a cube. Where are yeah, you? it's pretty good. Um, I like it now that it's colder. Um, all right. I it's a little bit too, it's actually too watered down. Yep. I used two ice chips and only needed one. Okay. I wonder if you put this in the fridge. Yeah. If you just had it cold. I think I would have done that instead. Not watered down. I'm with you. Uh, this is... Uh, those Wait, is that allowed in the bourbon world? You see, the funny thing Do is, what you need to do to I enjoy it. I don't think there are rules. Yeah. I don't think there are rules Well, you got a Kentucky Chew. That's the number one rule. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, the, the more I think about it, uh, the less um, I, I think any of it matters. I think there are some Just like anything else. Do what you want. Do what makes you happy. Right? Uh, there are people who drink wine and put it on an ice cube. No, don't I do that. I have no idea what the hell I'm supposed to do. White wine is okay on an ice cube. I've seen people do red. I've seen them do red. That's disgusting. What am, I, what am I supposed to do? Honestly, how many people can I be angry at at any given no. time? Yeah. Um, but no, one chip would have worked, but I think chilled would have worked just a little bit better. I could see maybe a drop or two of water if you want to open it up a bit. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I don't think I would chill it. I would not do it on a cube. Yeah, maybe I should switch. Take out my cube. I want a, a quick update on vaccinations because oh, it was a big subject. A lot of response. 
from the last podcast, which make sure you subscribe to Eat, Drink, Smoke from your Apple Podcasts. Make sure you subscribe and give it a five-star review. Eat, Drink, Smoke. Write a review. Give it a five-star review. Things are going great. They're building up. And with the change that iTunes is doing, I think it, I, I fear that it's going to confuse some people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that once you... There are enough blog posts about it. People are talking about it, videos about it. Everybody be able to morph over pretty easily. So Apple Podcasts, Eat, Drink, Smoke. You want to give it the five-star review right there. And then you want to share it with friends. Greatly appreciate that. And what we were talking about uh, vaccinations in in the last uh, podcast and talking about how there are places that are trying to do away with medical exemptions and the state of New York just did it. Yeah, since we've recorded, yeah. No more medical exemptions. Oh, religious exemptions. I'm sorry, religious exemptions. And that's... mm -mm. People are uh, Mm -mm. unbelievably upset. I'm wondering if the ACLU is going to get involved in that case. But there's a report, because we've been talking about how many measles cases there are. Right. Right? There's a little over a thousand now that when we last talked, there were just under a thousand. So a little over And more than half of them are in New York itself. Don't get me wrong. Yes, that's true. But I'm saying that there are. So if you take a look at 330 million people in the country, it's not even a thing, but it's something to be aware of. Mm -hmm. According to, of all people, CNN. Who I was shocked you even used there. And I usually don't, but they just had the number. But someone else. U.S. and Customs Enforcement. I mean, I'm just saying that Mm -hmm. I want to show that it's actually being reported. Okay. I want to show that it got talked about. I don't want to say I'm a... And I read the article. They didn't blame it on Trump, so... U.S. Customs Enforcement, Immigration Customs Enforcement, has 5,200 adults in quarantine because they've been exposed to mumps or chickenpox. Yeah. Every time a piece of information like this comes out, it is saying to uh, America, okay, there really is a problem at the border, and we really have to do something yeah. about it. And you might have to shut the thing down. And you know what? I like this because... Um, that's one thing people are really worked up about right now is vaccinations. And now, if you throw in, that might be the one thing that can get people to uh, take the border situation seriously, right? They're like, oh, vaccinations. Oh, wait, these people are bringing it in. Oh, let's look at the second, take a second look at uh, the border and see what, take, actually care what's going on down there. And yet I have Jessica Beal, wife of Justin Timberlake, showing up in Sacramento to help push for, for legislation She's not anti-vax. She just doesn't... I think it's about forcing. She doesn't mm-hmm. want that part of it or mm-hmm. something else. But it, it plays as anti-vax. So mm-hmm. I've got more celebrities going down uh, this road. I think that this conversation is not even the question of, uh, about moving people towards vaccinations. Um, CNN just asked me if I want to get de- n- desktop notifications, and I can't hit the not now fast enough. Oh, okay. That's the worst <laughs> thing ever. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine getting CNN updates? Holy moly. I, would, I don't want any updates. No, I don't, I don't want any either, but definitely not CNN. If the BBC asked me, I'd say no. no. TMZ asked me, I'd say TMZ, no. TMZ, I might say yes. <laughs> so here's the thing. You know what? We're talking about mumps and chicken pox here. Those are not scary things. You're not going to die from the mumps or the chicken pox. Like, you, you might get a fever. If you got chicken pox, you'll get some spots. If you get the mumps, you're going to get a fever and, like, a swollen gland by your ear. You're not going to die. You're going to have a fever for a couple days. You're going to be fine. So I'm not... This this is not scary to me personally because I'm a rational person. But but when you... To the all the, uh, oh, my God, vaccinate your kids, people... Um, they're going to freak out about this. Yeah, they're going to freak But I want those people to freak out because I want them to look at the border and take the border seriously. 
Yes, I, I, I don't disagree at all. And that's exactly the point. It's not even that they'll take vaccination seriously. They'll start taking the border seriously. Yeah. 5,200. Well, how many is okay? Now, in this case, let's say there are, I don't, I don't know how many people are at the border, but let's pick a big number. Let's call it 100,000 people, which it isn't. Well, no, it is. In May, nearly 133,000 migrants were apprehended by Customs and Border Protection. But I was talking about at the border, in these facilities at one given time. But oh, that, that's just May, 133,000. Let's use 133,000. That's in this that article. Apprehended. 5,200. Well, 10% of 133,000 is 13,300. So this is 5%. Mm-hmm. 5%. It, we're talking about 1,000 measles cases out of 330 million. But in this population, we're talking about 5% of the population. Right. That's a big deal. That's a big deal of diseases we don't consider serious in America because we've done our job and we've done the work. So it is, it is part of this larger conversation, and I only hope, only assume, only wish that it leads to people being serious about the border. And I don't want to be the guy who closes it down. I'm a big immigration fan. I'm a massive immigration fan. Can't say it enough. Huge immigration fan. Not a fan of this. A fan of legal immigration. They got to change... And well, and the process needs to be changed. The, the immigration process needs to be overhauled drastically. It shouldn't take 12 years to become a legal citizen to be in this country. That's one. Uh, you got to change the asylum request rules. That's number two. And then you got to pay attention to where asylum needs to come from. Uh, then uh, the, the follow-up to that conversation uh, ha- has got to be, you got to change how you want people coming into the country. And focus to ports of entry is fine by me. Come in and let's say hello and let's welcome people. But let's not get crazy about right. it. Let's not get crazy about the thing and let's be honest about it. And I need I need uh, Ilhan Omar. I need uh, um, uh, uh, Ocasio-Cortez. I need uh, Pelosi. I need Schumer to get serious mm-hmm. and to do and to do the work. They're just not going to be getting serious about anything at this point in, in the administration. But Texas is not worried. Texas has bigger problems. Oh my gosh, they do. Absolutely. I'll get to that in a second, but Fanimation, our great sponsor, beautiful, beautiful ceiling fans for your home, indoor, outdoor, LED lighting. The craftsmanship is incredible. Whisper quiet. Fanimation, fanimation.com. They're based here uh, in Indiana, but you can get them the nation over, and they do incredible, incredible work. You're just going to be thrilled with what these fans have to offer and how many styles, the selection. Just gorgeous. Here at Blend Bar Cigar, the fans are everywhere. Fanimation fans are everywhere, moving the air and making the place feel comfortable and feel terrific. If they could do it here, they'll do incredible work in your home as well. Fanimation.com. What's the problem in Texas? What a burger sold. The world this is famous. really probably a bigger problem to them than immigration. And they're like the hardest hit with immigration problems, right? <laughs> Whataburger, the Texas-based fast food chain, sold the majority stake to a firm in Chicago. Which, if you're not familiar with Whataburger, it's the equivalent of In-N-Out. But, California people. Right. Yeah. It's this, in Texas is Whataburger. They're just absolutely ravenous about it. So people are out of their minds. J.J. Watt, Houston Texans. J.J. Watt takes to, to Twitter hey. and says, okay, I say we all chip in and buy Whataburger back. Make honey butter chicken biscuits available all day. Add kolaches to the menu and change nothing else, especially not the ketchup. 
over 100,000 likes so far. Well, I just love how there was an entire article on Fox Business written about this, as if he was actually serious. Like, you're all going to start a GoFundMe to buy Whataburger back. He was just kind of joking around, although he has been known to raise a lot of money for charity, like tons and tons of money for charity. Harvey, so, he, he maybe he'll take this seriously now that it's uh, people are actually... I've, I've been to Texas a few times. I never had Whataburger. Just it wasn't in the cards for, for going there. But I, I, I need to get there. I've had I it. I need to do it. You it's know? good. I, is it good? Yeah. So you're a fan? I am a fan. You want to get yourself some Whataburger? I, I, would, I would love to have a Whataburger here. Right now? Right now. You would eat one right now? Oh, of course. I'd Two. eat five. See. No, you can't eat five. Like, you know, you go to In-N-Out, you could eat three. Two or three, right? But these are bigger burgers, so you can't eat more than one. Really, I've said it before my my guilty pleasure is Carl's Jr. Hardee's. Right, that to me is the is the end all be all of guilty pleasure burgers. I love what I they think do. you'd like this one then. You think so? Yeah. All right, I gotta try. You know, on the, on radio, we're on a, a station. My my midday show is on a station down in Austin. Right. And so I got to get there anyway for for a station visit. So that will be on the list of, of things to do. I just always amazed people take their things really personal. Very seriously. And some of it, you know, it's it's a joke and people are having mm-hmm. fun with it. I don't think this is it. I think in Texas there's a question of pride. This was our place and now it's owned by Chicago and you oh, feel yeah. a little bit gross inside. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I agree. I, I've seen a lot of people uh, that we know that live in Texas that are really upset and really shocked and, and put off by this. I mean, it, it, and I, it's... It's not even about the food because the food's not going to change. I mean, it's no, literally it's their culture. I mean, yeah. it is this is a cultural icon uh, in Texas. It's a huge deal, and that's what food does. I mean, we talk about the eat mm-hmm. drink smoke part. You know, we don't always get to the eat because we're too busy drinking and smoking. Uh, but it, but but food is is that connector, and you know, you, Texas is they think they're the barbecue. You talk to the people of Kansas City, mm-hmm. they think they're the barbecue. You talk to people in North Carolina, they think they're the barbecue. You know, and all these things matter to them, and, it, and they do mm-hmm. take a sense of, of, of pride uh, in it. Um, Whataburger not being, not being Texas, I think rubs them the wrong way. I don't think they see a change in sales. I only think that it's a question of lamenting. Like, man, that's too bad. Right. But you know what? Maybe this will get them to expand towards our direction, some the Midwest, you know, and keep keep expand. If it's owned partly in Chicago, I could see some being in Chicago, and then that translates to Indiana because you know everything in Chicago has to come to Indiana because it sucks in Chicago. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just trying to get a Whataburger here. Work with me. You're working. You're doing it good. Yeah. Doing I'm doing the good. math in my head. Speaking of uh, the eat, drink, smoke, so we're drinking the Angel's Envy Rye, which is finished in the rum casks, and I'm in. The, I, I, I do. I, I, I like the sweeter things. That's pretty obvious. Mm. And what we're smoking. So Camacho makes a solid amount of cigars. And we've done the Candela before, which is that almost kind of green kind, kind of wrapper, almost a bit of a a tea kind of feel uh, to it, but it's not a flavored cigar, it's just how it naturally comes about. Camacho does the Liberty Series, and when you see this cigar, they're individually boxed, and the box has the top slides off, and it looks like a coffin. That's actually how it's uh, described. Inside is, for this year, their Liberty Series 2012 throwback is what it is. So this is a Honduran Corojo. Honduran through and through. Wrapper, binder, and filler. Uh, this is a 48 ring gauge. 
uh, right here, uh, and it is six inches. So this is a 48 uh, by uh, six here. This is a very nice box. You could keep it and put some trinkets in it. I'm yeah. not sure what. Felt uh, on the bottom. It's fun. It's wood. It's enjoyable. It's a beautiful presentation and uh, a great gift box. Probably about $20 a box uh, when you when you check this out uh, on, on your own is, is where you're going to... Um, uh, yeah, this would be a good gifting cigar just because of this box, for the, sure. The mix of this is kind of interesting because compared to some of the more peppery spice things that we've done uh, in, in the past, I don't necessarily feel this uh, uh, from here. I get more of those grasses, the cedars, those kinds of wood uh, kind of things to it. It will have a touch of spice, but I think it's very, very low end. A, a, a very subtle uh, kind of thing that's just there. It's not like you get used to it after a while. It's just always, always uh, with you. When you get to the second third, now I had a problem. Mine was wrapped too tight, and I've been trying to loosen it up. Oh. You have not had a problem. No, I have not had a and problem. And you've been smoking just fine. And oh, yeah. Listen, it happens. You're dealing with art. You're dealing with things done mm-hmm. on, on, on a one-off basis. Uh, and so these things are going to happen. But when you get to the second, the second uh, third of this, that's when some of the sweetness will start uh, coming through. A touch of chocolate, a touch of molasses, which makes it a really interesting pairing with the, with the rum. I'm, I'm sorry, with the Angel's Envy, with the rye uh, going on um, right there. Even maybe... Uh, that cedar will come back, and you'll open up into a little bit more. Um, some people say cinnamon. I've never felt it that way. I'll let other people uh, try it. Cinnamon in the cigar? Yeah. Oh, I would, I would never. Wait you get to the final Okay, third. okay. You know, it's funny. People use these descriptors. You mm-hmm. might have a different way of describing it. I see vanilla in the in the rock. I'm very sensitive to cinnamon, but yeah. I, I get that. People, there's so much to pick up in a good, flavorful cigar that I can see why people pick up different things. Everybody has different palates. Yeah, and, that, and that's one of the reasons... You have to try all the things. What right. do I like about it? Now, normally, I think Camacho does a pretty good job with construction. Um, this one is, I, I mean, I feel where it's tight, and I'm, I'm loosening it up. I think I'm going to uh-huh. be fine with it. I've also been talking a little bit more, mm-hmm. and so there's not enough time uh, to, to smoke it. And that, right. that could be a, a Yeah, I'm out. smoking it well. It's, it's going down. It's great. See? It's a good it's n- amount of, down. it's going down. Possibly for real, it's going down. That's what the kids say. It's going down for real. They don't say that? They do. That's what I thought they said. They used to. And with that, speaking of families, My Little Pony. Mm-hmm. And we had a lot of stuff today. Um, Huffington Post saying that My Little Pony is going to air an episode that introduces the characters of Aunt Holiday and Auntie Lofty. And they will be taking care of the character Scootaloo. <laughs> I don't know anything about My Little Pony except that there are grown-ups who dress up as My Little Ponies. Right. And they're called, they're called bronies. Right. They are called bronies. This is a real thing. It's like the furries. Mm-hmm. It's a real, real thing uh, that happens. And the two ants are a lesbian couple. And I think the most amazing part here is I thought all My Little Pony characters were gay. Oh, right? I was convinced that they were all gay. I, I, I don't know. know. Like, I, I mean... I, I, I mean, you, I guess you think of that as an adult, but as a child, well, that here, okay. So here's kind of the thing. Like, I don't necessarily care that there's a lesbian couple of of ponies, um, but my problem is, um, gay, straight, or otherwise, my child is too young to even understand sexuality or um, procreate procreation or coupling or 
she doesn't even know. I mean, if she came home from school one day and was like, oh, my friend Stella has two moms, I'd be like, okay. And I don't try and, like, force, in, in case of this, where it's a, a TV show on, um, I think, public television, I think. Um, I, I'm not going to, f- if she's watching that and, and sees it, I don't have a reason to have a conversation with her because she might. She's too young to pick up on this. I mean, right. a child in the first plane development surely is not going to pick up. But on the, in the second plane, you know, older than seven, maybe they'll pick up on this. Oh, two moms. Explain that to me. But I'm not going to go out of my way to answer child's answer questions to my child, who's almost four, that she doesn't even actually have. She doesn't understand. She doesn't even understand like uh, relationships in that type of way. You right. know, so. I, this is like trying to force something that's not there, I feel like. It's the continual conversation of forced acceptance. Uh-huh. And it is this continual, con- continual conversation of sexualizing everything. Yeah. No, it, and it's gross to sexualize something that is involving children. Right. Now, if, they, if the characters have parents, I don't think the kids even notice if it's two men or two women. They don't. They don't, no. they don't, they well, don't understand all, that they don't play it. And because they're ponies. <laughs> yeah. Right? And by the way, the show is still on the air. Well, so, this is a reboot from the 80s. Well, it was on the air, but now they're rebooting the 80s. Right. Okay. I I never have an issue if they have characters here, there, and everywhere. We live in real life. Right. There are people who are gay. Why not have characters? It's completely, completely and totally fine. There's no problem with it whatsoever. It is that, that's the thing. If, why is it celebrated when it should just be normal? Right. It's just a part of, of life. That, mm-hmm. Isn't that the argument that they mm-hmm. should be making as opposed to this idea that, look how special. It is what it is. If you're making a big deal out of it, you're trying to tell kids that there's something they should be looking at here. Right. As opposed to, okay, and then they just accept it and move on. Right. I think, it's, I think they're doing an a awful job of marketing. Yeah. You know, just I don't know. Just do it, and I. There's no reason to this conversation or whatever. There's no reason to force an exclamation explanation for anything onto your child that they're not even wondering about. Because one, they can't at a lot of these ages that are watching the show, they can't understand. They don't understand. I can't explain to my child, oh, those two women like to have sex with each other instead of with men, and my child will be like, "What are you talking about?" I haven't talked about the fact that. Uh, when I took uh, my kid to uh, first grade, there was a big, big banner on the sign uh, uh, on the school, "Say No to Drugs Week." And so my kid looked at me and said, "What are drugs? You don't need a, You don't need an, an, no, and for first graders knowing know. anything about drugs. You just don't need it. No. it doesn't make us smarter. It doesn't make us a better society. It's a ridiculous hot mess. You create problems this way, and not everything has to be." Um, some kind of rah rah. Let's teach the lesson moment. Yeah. It's okay to. I don't mind the characters. Right. Well, do it. It's your show. Do what you do. Um, I mind that we're supposed to celebrate it. I, I I I don't. It's if it's supposed to be a part of our lives, then just make it a part of our lives. Right. Just make it normal, like uh, everybody else. Just the thing. That's I. One man's opinion. I don't. I don't get the program for my little pony. I don't get to do it. The podcast. Yes. I do. Yeah, well, <laughs> a boy can dream. The podcast is at uh, on iTunes. Actually, I'm sorry, Apple Podcast. Eat, drink, smoke. That's where you find it. Eat, drink, smoke. Find on it on Apple Fireside. Podcast. Also, if you don't do it, a lot of people don't do the iTunes That's thing. Right. Eat, drink, smoke. Fireside. Fm. Eat, drink, smoke. Fireside. Fm. 
that's where you find it as well. As for TonyCats.com, it's working. We're, man, it took forever, and now we're just, I'm taking my time in the rebuild. We had a malware issue, and I just, it became a mess, and now, slowly but surely, oh I'm rebuilding to the good things. What a nightmare. And it was. Very, very happy. Because you're already the busiest person in the world, and now you're like, oh, gosh, now i got to do a freaking website again. There may be people busier, but, you know, those people aren't as fun. Right. I think that's the... I think that's the important part. April D. Gregory, find her on Twitter, April D. Gregory, and of course, the Smart Girl Politics Podcast at ricochet.com. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Instagram, Tony Katz. Parlor, Tony Katz. <laughs> I keep doing it. I don't know who's using it, but I keep saying. How do they even spell parlor? O R? P A R L E R. L E R. They've already, they've, they're already losing because most people don't <laughs> spell parlor with an E. That was a poor decision. Uh, I'm there. I'm there. We'll see what happens. We'll see uh, how it goes. Uh, the Angel Envy uh, Rye in the rum casks, uh, pretty dang uh, good. Uh, now the cigar, we're just getting into it. The Camacho Liberty Series, um, twenty bucks. Nice, nice gift. Uh, all around solid uh, cigar. I have had it better. Um, if had someone worse. handed it to me, I would say thank you. That's exactly what I would do with this cigar. With the cigar, it's good. You know, I, I mean? like it. No, there's no reason for me not to smoke this. I'd smoke it again. There it is. That, that's as good of a that's as good of a review as yeah. April D. Gregory may have ever done in the history of ever. Right there, and fingers, uh, you were missed. Uh, we drank your rye. You're welcome. This is Eat Drink Smoke. <laughs>